This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 102 of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. I am your host, Agelos, and I am sick. Yes, I am. Um, but it's okay, because I've got Avi Optimal and Nate, aka Misa, here to help me out with this show, so I don't actually have to talk too much and make this sound terrible. So, uh, Avi, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm not dead tired today so i'm a little more alive and up and i've already had my coffee so all right all right well it helps that daylight savings time you know happened at the right time this time you know you not have to deal that with is, that that is back to normal that is now. back to normal for you yeah yeah, yeah seriously. right right and uh nate nate how are you sir i i'm good i spent the last week sick so i've actually recovered but if i also sound like i've got a bit of mucus i think you probably remember on last week's show i came down with a lotus plague um and now you I gave it to me apparently i i did <laughs> deliberately with an intention to wound and disable yeah um, i'm glad i was successful in that quest no i i've, I've recovered so uh i'm i'm largely going to be fine for doing some uh some exciting discussion this week yeah yeah we definitely have a lot of stuff lined up for you guys today we got some uh a lot of news topics to go over as well as a very interesting uh, discussion topic that popped up this week that we wanted to chat about. But before we do any of that, um, I got to say this uh, episode has been brought to all of you by our awesome fans over at patreon.com slash dungeon crawler network. Thank you so much for supporting us and a special Patreon spotlight uh, to Adam, AKA Kipster who has been supporting us since, Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. Is this? I'm trying to think if this is the third or the March eighth or August third, 2015. I'm not really sure. I think it's March. <sighs> Wacky people with putting your dates all in weird locations. But anyway, thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much. You are the best. 
And uh, for everyone else, if you're not currently supporting us, um, you can do so through various means, such as Patreon, or just by simply subscribing to us on our YouTube page, checking out our website, DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, or telling a friend about us. All of that helps us out so much, and we really do appreciate it. All right. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now because, ugh, and I'm going to allow Nate to go ahead and take over the news. Yeah, so we have got patch 2.3.6 that landed. Um, It's a minor patch, incremental patch, I think they officially describe it. Uh, Fixes an issue with pink or missing textures. Rewards for the worthy not being sent. That's in in Cyrodiil, of course. Uh, Crashes specifically with a Mac game client, which I have to say, I do play on a Mac sometimes. I don't notice it crashes anywhere near as often as it actually crashes or it was crashing before the last major patch on PC, um, but that's that's good to know. Um, and uh, they're also well, they have reset the leaderboards uh, for this update because of uh, some of the changing mechanics, which uh, Avi or, or uh, Agelis can talk about a bit, bit more detail. But I think that the interesting thing here is the fact that they've managed to fix the pink uh, texture issue, which I've only noticed on the 64-bit client. I have to say on PC, um, all the Mac the, the, the whole Mac client is 64-bit. There is no 32-bit uh, version because all uh, OS X is 64-bit. Uh, but I haven't seen any pink textures on OS X, but they are weird when you see them in the game. Um, it generally seems to affect my daggers, my dual wheel daggers for some reason. Uh, and I actually quite like the look of pink daggers and makes me wish that you could <laughs> die swords. Because I, I wish I had a... Sc- I tried to take a screenshot and I couldn't. Um, for some reason, uh, I don't even remember why I, I couldn't at the time. Um, but I didn't get a screenshot of my pink daggers, but they looked badass. I mean, they didn't, they looked incredibly weedy, but badass in a <coughs> way. So, um, yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty pleased with that in general, but they have, they have fixed that and I haven't seen it, uh, do that since. So hopefully that's been resolved. So, for everybody. so no more, no more pink rats running around yeah no more no more pink skeevers in dungeons and uh speaking of pink though they haven't fixed our most beloved feature which is the armor disappearing on various female bodies which have they not fixed fixed that they they shouldn't (laughs) (laughs) now this is a family show still right we haven't changed it 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 is a family show but we can be kind of coy I will be I will be euphemistic in how I explain the following issue. One of there's an elf that you see in the Rothgar, or is it actually in Thieves Guild? I think it's in the Rothgar. Is quest. it Quen? No, it's not Quen. Because I've uh, seen Quen several. You see oh. Quen. It was the um, the pigtailed girl. Oh, in, um, um, yeah, she's Rothgar. Yeah, yeah she's the she's the archer that you you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's just say her trousers disappear. Let's also say that her underwear disappears, and let's also say that care and attention has been clearly given to what should never be seen <laughs> beneath said underwear. Do you remember back in like the nineties? There was always somebody doing mods to try and make Lara Croft nude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of looks a little bit like 
the developers wanted to do that for Elder Scrolls. And I'm not complaining <laughs> as such because although it does look a little bit seedy, it's also kind of funny and I guess sort of realistic. We have naked lords and we have we do. naked elves and I'm all in favor of a naked elf um, where appropriate. The problem is, is that it wasn't intended to be naked. Um, bless her. So, she, you know, her decency was stripped away, literally, uh, in a fleeting of uh, her purity is showing <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so i'm guessing this pat- patch also addresses some of those issues i've uh, still gotten it but it's been less frequent which is a shame because i don't see it as a bug i see it as a much beloved feature it's not a bug it's a feature that's the common that's the it guy in you talking isn't it it um, is it is and i really don't want this to go away because hey this game has a mature rating okay just saying yeah, true. Yeah, true. true. True, 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 But I think, you know, to allow to allow characters to walk around completely, as we say in Britain, bollock naked, mm-hmm. um, it, you know what's going to happen. I mean, as soon as they released a wedding dress, I was doing trials with everyone running in wedding dresses. And it kind of, it cheapened it a little bit. And I, I'm not in favor generally in, uh, you know, optional nudity. But when it's a mistake, hell yeah, keep it. It's good. <laughs> I screenshotted it. I screenshotted I it. I did too. I showed my girlfriend, um, it, and she was. She, <laughs> and I showed she, my girlfriend. She she approved. She knows I have a, a folder of uh, all my favorite elves in Elder Scrolls saved in iPhoto on my Mac. So you know, it's got to be one naked one in there somewhere. Of course, uh, Zakir in chat says Ajelos tries to view all characters naked as if there's some sort of achievement. Yeah, that's pretty much it. There's a reason you why don't get a die for, you don't get a die for that. I, there should be. Um, it, there's a reason why I still haven't finished Rothgar. It's because I got to the point where I saw the elf with pigtails and she has no bottoms on, and I've just not completed that quest. I've literally just sat there and just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She must, mm-hmm. Be, she must be cold. I know. I'm like, mm, mm, Rothgar's chilly. Mm. That's true, actually. Of all the places to be nude, you don't want to be nude in... Yeah, Rothgar's in, in Rothgar, first, yeah, right? Yeah. Whew, chilly, chilly. Um... As for the, since you mentioned the leaderboards resetting, um, for those who aren't aware of how that was working before, they changed how the entire scoring this. Khajiit, see, yes, hello, hello. Since Nate always says she shows up at all the things, so here she is. Hello, yes, hey, you're buddy. in every show. And she tries to bite me. Um, they changed the way the entire scoring worked before. Now, before it was uh, how many lives you had as well as uh, a few other little things. Now they've changed it so like they take the amount of lives that you, you've not lost, adding extra points to it. So it's not just deaths, it's extra lives as well. So what they did was they decided to wipe the leaderboards completely to give, I guess, well, if you're changing the way scoring's done, you can't have legacy scoring on there that was scored in a different way or else it'll either be knocked off the leaderboard or in the case that, um, it is now. It wasn't locked, knocked off the leaderboard because no one could uh, could get as high a score as they did before with the old scoring. Mm. So that that's now been changed as well. Hmm. Well, that's that's good. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the news, unless there's anything else we haven't covered mm-hmm. in, in the patch that you no, no it, it, the incremental patches are literally just that. They're small little patches that generally fix small bugs but we do like to highlight them in case there was something of interest in there and sometimes there is sometimes there's not 
and mm-hmm. leaderboards resetting are something that I would consider of interest, um, <clears throat> as well as the 64-bit client changes. Um, but as people are saying in chat, the 64-bit client still isn't performing up to up to par, I guess. It's not how I would like it, if yeah. I'm honest. Um, yeah. It's uh, you know it makes it makes some some interesting differences to to the performance, but the main thing for me is is Cyrodiil, and mm-hmm. Cyrodiil still is plagued by long loading screens and a variety of other weird bugs. So, right, right, yeah. okay. All right. So next, uh, Crown Store riding lessons fifty percent off. This isn't so much news as complete free PR. Um, but it's a good thing to take advantage of because you can only level these up normally once each per day per human. Uh, uh, I think it's know. twenty hours every twenty hours. Twenty hours, right? Yeah, yeah. it is. Um, so you know, this allows you to you know pay to to speed that up, which. I, I think is a fine thing to, to pay for, to be honest. It's it's convenience. There's a there's a, a maximum you can be anyway, so it's it's not like paying or not paying gives you any kind of advantage over anybody else. Um and definitely if you're um if again if you're in the Cyrodiil, having a fast horse is incredibly advantageous and, and almost essential for playing with guilds. So this is super, super useful and carrying capacity obviously um, you know, you can carry up to 60 extra items by, by taking these, uh, these additional, uh, riding lessons. So yeah, snag them, I guess. I actually do think it is news because if you ask, uh, rage from elder scrolls off the record, he'll tell you bought, he bought a ton of crowns when it was on sale, bought a bunch of riding lessons. And then the next day they went on sale. He yeah, bought them that's before always... they went on sale. He bought them before they went on sale. Uh... <laughs> Of course, that would happen to Rage. Yeah. That's, that's always a, a, a something that's going to happen, isn't it? Because they're not very consistent about when these sales are, are right. they? I mean, generally, when a major patch drops, they do crown sales, crowns, uh, you know, crown sales or something, but mm-hmm. they just seem to appear sometimes. Yeah, just completely random. And I, I like these sales. They're interesting, especially, like, the crown. I like the crown sales myself, but because uh, then, like we did last week, loading up on them, uh, just because yeah. why wouldn't you? But... Oh, and I'll tell you something. Sorry, this is going to skip ahead to Tails a little bit, um, but I'm glad I did because I bought a camel. Did you? Now, let me tell you, the camel is badass. It's big. It's a big <laughs> effing camel it's great i love this camel it's never been pink which is a disappointment because my panther did at one point i think i turned slightly pink um but camels man seriously they're, they're pretty good they're big they're tall <laughs> um i'm actually excited to i want to get the camel as well because when i do the thieves guild i want to actually go in and i know it's kind of role play but i want to roll around on an animal that's suited to the environment i'm going into so yeah yeah sure. that's uh, that's what i want to roll with i think it'd be fun i think I, we said this to rich uh, rich taylor the uh couple of weeks ago on the 100th episode and uh, you know a rideable netch full-size netch would be could you imagine like they're not going to release dragons i mean they will let's be honest at some point they're gonna really they'll just call it daedric something or another like the daedric titans yeah the way no 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 no. i mean literally flying around tamriel like it's going to happen they've not said it i'm sure it's been a rumor for ages but you know that that's just waiting to happen 
my yeah. inner lore is hurting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess we can use the dragon break as an excuse. Well, if you, you can... want to talk about broken, broken stuff, we can talk about the fact that you can have a little uh, Dwemer, what's his name, roaming around. They fashioned the law to make that work. I guess. Uh, someone in, in chat says, net jockeys as a class. I agree. That'd be great. <laughs> Could you imagine? What a great, what a great thing. I approve um, with the net. Because then you could now. be, you could, yeah, you could be higher. Like you could be physically elevated from the ground, which is kind of flying, uh, but it's also a net. So it's sort of got long legs. I also bought a big I want a silt strider. Just saying. Yeah. That'd that's, be good what I, too. that's what I want. That'd be good too. Um, so there's a whole bunch of uh, things that could do that. But anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, buy yourself some riding lessons. Wait for that netch to drop. <laughs> uh, terms of service. Uh, there's a change to the terms of service. Um, it affects, I think, all Bethesda games. Cause it, it does. Fallout 4 and it includes uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and rather than read through the, I mean, we like words. I mean, we play Elder Scrolls, we like lore, because we like reading a whole wall of text. But my God, could you find, it's almost ironic that a game so good at words could release a term of service that is so blatantly written to, you know, the insult, it's insulting of words. It's full of legalese and nonsense, and it's a pain to read. Um, so I didn't read it. But someone on Reddit did, and they said that the only thing that's really changed is uh, something around how Zos or Bethesda might have their own mod nexus in future. Right. Something along those lines. I don't know if you guys know more than I do about this. There actually, and I'll, I'll post it in part of the notes that you'll be able to go out. There was someone did a posted on a website uh, called like What's Changed, and it actually posts what the previous one was and what this one was and highlights the changes. But yeah, that's pretty much what it's talking about. Right. A, a lot of it, I think, is not so much related to the ESO community as the Fallout 4 and the... Um, right. Well, because Microsoft has also said that they are going to start allowing having mods on consoles. Like, if you remember the E3, they were talking about allowing consoles to be modded. And with that comes a whole slew of, of new, you know, regulations you have to cover your bum for, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's what all of this is in preparation. And since Bethesda, or ZeniMax, and Bethesda, and id Software, and all this stuff is a parent company to ZeniMax Media, um, they're just updating everyone, saying, okay, this is what we're going to do, because if consoles, if we're going to allow consoles on one, we'll probably eventually allow it on on everything so let's just let's just cover our basis and update all of our terms of services so it, it it's legalese but it, yeah. it, it's for the good i mean do is this a thing like and there uh, you know an eso you know own built mod manager i mean is that a thing as of right now no everyone uses no, I mean, Prime it, minion yeah i mean like is it a thing in as much as it's a thing that there are rumors to be in the works. Bethesda.net. Remember the E3 coverage yeah. when they offered that? I think they're trying to build a platform similar to the Blizzard client. And with oh, that, right. okay. may have a built-in store. Because let's face it, mods are the lifeblood of the single-player Elder Scrolls games, and as yeah. well as everything. Absolutely. So if they could get away from using the Steam or whatever, and if they want mods to be available on their consoles, why not just have it through the Bethesda client? 
you know, mm-hmm. rather than having to go to Nexus or having to go to this. Or... So I believe in preparation, that would be the rumor I'm leaning towards that this Bethesda.net client is going to um, be a, a type of Nexus mod manager, uh, our ESO UI, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I do have to address one thing in chat. Um, Joshua Graham says, I thought they didn't have dragons in this time. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not nearly a lore buff as you guys. Technically speaking, there are dragons alive at this time. Not many, but there are. A lot of them have been wiped out in the Morethic era. Um, And the others are pretty much sleeping. Sleeping, but that's... See, here's the thing. Tiber Septum had a dragon. And that's what he used to conquer a lot of one... Before he had, like, Nominium, but... Um, there was said that he had a dragon in the second era. Now, there's not many Parthenax we know is still around, but there, there's not as many as in Skyrim because all those were the bones of, of dragons that had been slain by the Dragon Guard during the Morethic and early first era. Plus Alduin and basically Alduin. rebirthed them all. Yeah, well, you can't actually kill a dragon other than if you absorb its soul. Unless you're a dragonborn, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you can't really kill them. So yeah, you kill, you, you know, you kill them and they rot away but they they're not dead they're not gone until a dragonborn absorbs no. their soul so there are dragons in the time of 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 ESO but not to the extent of hundreds there's a handful so yeah well we'll probably come back to that at some point um which just jogged my memory just for the future since we didn't have this on uh, on our running order uh, do you remember the uh, card game, allegedly? Elder Scrolls Legend, game? yeah. Yeah, yes. what the hell happened to that? It's still being worked on, actually, because I think I sent a message to yeah. um, DC Deacon, and he actually responded saying it is still in the works, and they are actually planning a reveal very time. Some big news uh, coming up in the future. Like, it's not gone, because I said something about it, and just kind of offhandedly, not thinking anyone would say anything, and he responded saying, oh, it's still a thing. To which Elder Scrolls Off the Record kind of squealed like little girls, and we're like, <gasps> "Well, they they have, a, yeah. they have a panel at the upcoming E3, correct?" Yes, yes. So we we will probably hear more about it there. Yeah, we will. I'm very excited about this because I I love those things, and I think <laughs> Bethesda did a great great job with the Fallout Four dungeon uh, dungeon uh, Fallout Shelter Fall, <sighs> Fallout Shelter. Like I thought that was a great a great little mobile game. I don't want to get too deep into this, but I, I remembered in bed the other night about this because that's mm-hmm. what happens to me. I think about Elder Scrolls in bed. Not elves all the time, but also <laughs> sometimes elves. Um, but I just wanted to re- remind us all of that just before we move on. Which... I still have hopes that, <clears throat> excuse me, they'll tie physical rewards into ESO for competing that's, in the card game. You know, that is my hope. Random too, kind of like Kind of like a Hearthstone uh, wow or deal. Yeah, to you know, mix yeah. between. I blogged about this a while ago, actually. Not that specific point, but how Zos could better integrate mobile into the Elder Scrolls experience, whether that is things like being able to check crafting or your guild store sales on the go. You know, you can imagine loading that up on your iPhone, your iPad, Android, whatever, um, and being able to sort of look at what sales you've made or look at... Um, you know, what your guild is up to. You know, there's a whole load of stuff they could do better with mobile to get people engaged with the game when they're away from the game. Reading books on the go, could you imagine if they released that, um, where you can access your law library on a mobile device? I mean... That'd be wonderful. I'd love it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, let's move on. Um, Zos requests feedback from players who tank 
for upcoming changes uh, during the Dark Brotherhood DLC. Now, this was announced as part of a blog post. No, it wasn't. It was a forum post yep. on the, um, what do you call it? On the forum. <laughs> the official forums, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it comes thus. Calling all tanks. The dungeon and gameplay teams would love to get some feedback from all of you damage sponge block mastering mitigation kings out there. This thread is going to mainly cover PvE encounters, specifically in group dungeons or trials. If you like to play a tank in ESO and want to have your voice heard, or you don't and want us to know why, please answer the following questions. Please make sure to mention if you primarily play on console or PC. The questions are six, and they are the following. What do you like best about tanking in ESO? What do you like least about tanking in ESO? What is your favorite encounter to tank? Four, what is your least favorite encounter to tank? Of the tools you have for tanking, which is your favorite? And six, of the tools you have for tanking, which would you like to see improved the most? Um, now, I don't tank. Ag, you do, I believe. I do, and I'm actually looking at a build right now from one of uh, one of our guildies, and several people in, in our chat room right now, as soon as we mentioned tanking, we're like, did they say tank? Like, we had Zakir well, in chat, we, Arkin we, we in we chat. Do have, yeah, we have Ark and Zakir in chat, so yeah. those are our two, our two main tanks and the Tails in the Wings of Fate guild, so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't tank. Mm -hmm. I primarily am DD, uh, but I also can uh, do a decent job at, at healing uh, for PvE, which is actually what I'm doing as I speak, helping my brother level up his new uh, Ebonheart DK, and I'm primarily just healing him as we go through uh, the rift. But, um, yeah, so you guys are probably a better place to talk about this than I am. Well, it's really what they're looking at is for suggestions on the forums for things that you think Zoss can do better with tanking. Like, how can we improve it? If you have suggestions, if you notice, like, hey, I'm having specific issues with a class. Well, maybe it is just you, but it doesn't hurt to bring it up because maybe it's other people as well. Um, if you're noticing any deficiencies with your class or with tanking in general feel free to hop on over to the forums and, and give your suggestions. That's what they're looking for. They did this before with damage dealers as well. I know we, we talked about that, like what the top three abilities we would like changed would be. Mm. It's not really a lot in terms of direction, more or less. They just kind of want to see, get, you know, um, they probably have some underpaid interns sitting there writing down everyone's suggestion, forming some, you know, matrix going, these were the most commonly suggested things. You know what I mean? This is what people are seeing as an issue. So that's that's what they're looking for. So if you're having issues or you believe you're having issues or where there could be improvements, give your suggestions. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, you can find this uh, on, on the forum. It's in the uh, Adventure Zone and Group Dungeons uh, part of the forum, and it's called Official Tanking Feedback Thread. So, uh, yeah, go in. I, I have to say, if, you, if you're a tank and you want to get some opinion, I mean, there are... I mean, I, I don't know what the word... Let me just be curious about this. I'm going to do a little word count because this is one of the biggest threads I've seen on the forum um, ever, I think, because people are obviously passionate about this. Six, it's 17,000 words on just the first page. And there are... How many pages are there? There are quite a few. God, scrolling down. There are seven pages. So... Yeah, and that, that was only just posted this week, too, so... You're probably yeah, gonna. Yeah. It's it's gonna grow. It's gonna grow a lot. It's gonna grow a lot. Yeah. So that's 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 pretty big. That's uh, 
that's that. <clears throat> I think I think one of the biggest issues I know from my point of view for um, Templars is the lack of resource recovery that some of the other classes have, especially for tanking. So, especially stamina. Not so much Magicka because that's... Um, uh, what is the ability I'm thinking of? Um, the, uh, yeah, the circle on the ground that you can yeah. stand in, channeled focus. Yeah, there's also people can throw down shards as well for as stamina right. users, right. which is quite handy, but we can't do it ourselves. No, we can't do it ourselves, whereas I know DKs can at least provide a little bit of, of work themselves um, as well as some of the other classes as well. Yeah. Um, so there, there is that. It's something that I'd, I'd like to see updated. Sure. <laughs> cool. So, uh, and then finally, we've got uh, the news about who is, uh, what's her name? The Golden, the Khajiit in Cyrodiil selling the new stuff. Um, Ag, do you want to take this? Because I didn't look at it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the, the, every week on Friday night, Till Monday morning, we have this Khajiit, uh, and I'm never going to ever be able to pronounce her name, but she is the Golden, who shows up in Cyrodiil to sell various items, um, monster helms, drops, etc., etc. This week, on the docket, <clears throat> for those who are interested, so if you're watching it live and you, you get a chance, and if I get these out and you're listening to it here on Sunday... Uh, or before like the reboot on Monday, then you'll be able to get these. Um, they are, let's see, the Gloves of Transmutation with the Divine's Trait, uh, Vicious Death Gloves with Divine's Trait, and the Moleg Kenneth Shoulders with the Infused Trait are all for sale this week. Um, the Gloves are both light, and the Moleg Kenna is all three weights, uh, light, medium, heavy. So if you're after one of these shoulders, perhaps hop one out there. If you're watching this live, you can get it now. If you're waiting till sometime other than Sunday or very, very early Monday, you are just SOL. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry about that. But it, and I actually had, and I was curious about this. This is I sent a message to uh, Nate very, very late in the day. <laughs> or even evening for him, I guess, going, hey, yeah. can you check the uh, mega server? And the reason why I wanted to check was because I'm, I'm trying to get into a habit of mentioning this each week, but I didn't know if we had to make it different. We'll, we'll test uh, for the next couple of weeks, but the EU and the um, US mega servers are the same currently. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, right now you- they're the same. We'll do that check every week uh, and see if it's consistent. And once the Thieves Guild DLC drops on consoles, we will check, I assume, the mega server for for the consoles to see if yeah. they're consistent as well. We can at least check the uh, PS4 because Avi. <laughs> yeah, I could check, I could check PS4. Um, yeah. And we'll go from there. But we'll try to get that information for you guys. So if you're listening live on the show and you haven't got a chance, and it's also a reminder if you're listening going, oh, my goodness, because I actually had one of our um, community members send me a message on Twitter going, oh, my goodness, I forgot to check before I left for the weekend. What is up? So I, I went out and looked for them. So it's it's definitely helpful, and we just wanted to give a little reminder, especially for people who watch us live which maybe is a reason to come watch us live. Uh, 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 uh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just an extra little reason to come watch us live and, you know, to, to kind of make a record going forward. So, yeah, that, that's what it is. I like that they're adding 
drop sets as well, like this Vicious Death. I've seen them go for quite a bit of cash recently. Like, a lot of cash. Like, uh, I think I saw a great sword going for like 145k or something like that. Like, it was excessive amount of money. Gold. Yeah, Gold. Gold. Yeah, yeah. gold. Because the drop sets are, um, are, are bind on equip. So you'd be able to... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you'd be able to actually uh, sell them, and people are, because that Vicious Death one in particular has been selling for very, very high on the... The, the Vicious Death is a nice set. It adds 129 spell damage, for 688 it. spell crit. And if you want to talk about... When you kill the player, they violently explode for 14,000 flame damage. And that, wow. that's... It's, it's a lot of flame damage, and it... it uh, uh, is of course boosted by your you know champion points etc. So I could see that being very useful in PvP, especially if people are clumped up. Could you imagine a proximity de or detonation guy with that set? Oh God, could you imagine? Yeah, kill me now. Yeah, you like you Bad literally. <laughs> yeah, you kill someone with proximity de or uh, detonation, and then that goes off as well. Anyone standing anywhere close is going to get destroyed. Just like completely and utterly destroyed. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So that, that crazy. It, so if you're interested in getting that set, you may want to pick it up. It it's Divines on Gloves, which is like the best set you can get in game. So um <laughs> Gentleman I mean, Sour. Yes. Apparently I have a wig. You have a wig and I wear glasses. Well, I can tell you the secret behind the glasses. I'm blind without them. Mm -hmm. I can see. I can't. I can see. I can't. There you go. Secret about it. I, I I just took my hat off for everyone, and it was a it was a very um, memorable moment for Tales of Tamriel. Oh. Seeing seeing my hair. I don't. Let, let me let me tell you. I have a wig, man, but it ain't on my head. <laughs> <laughs> Open the can of worms, there, my friend. Uh, well, that's the news. That is the news, guys. All and right. The everything that is new in the world of Elder Scrolls Online, people. It's amazing. I enjoyed it as much as I did. Thank you for being here with us for this, this time. <laughs> All right. Well, we're not ending the show yet, even though it very much sounded like it, which was pretty cool. Um, but we do have a discussion topic in mind. And that discussion topic, I'm going to bring this up. But before I say anything about this, I'm going to have to be very candid with people <clears throat> because i don't want to get messages and i don't want to get hate speech thrown at at zoss but before i begin this this conversation is completely hypothetical on our end it's a discussion topic on our end it actually has nothing to do like zoss did not confirm this zoss as far as i know is not even contemplating it but it's just something that um we wanted to talk about um it's just no, well, yeah, it keeps buffering for me. Okay, no, there we go. I don't know if we're having some buffering issues for people, but it looks like we're okay. I'm not seeing any drop frames, so maybe YouTube's having some issues. Um, but yeah, so I just want to say that this is all theory crafting and speculation on our point. There is no confirmation from Zoss one way or the other um, about about this. So don't don't jump down our throats or anything else. Um, mine got stuck after Joe said, I can tell you, and there we go. <laughs> it's funny. 
Um, I don't wonder why that crashed the way it did. Anyway, um, time to take over. Actually, I just want to check here before we go any further with this. I want to make sure that Twitch is is doing what it's supposed to be doing. We're on YouTube, sir. Or YouTube, yeah, not Twitch. Uh, it looks like all you got to do is restart the stream, and it will go back up. So if your stream froze, just restart it, okay. refresh it, and it's working again for me. So we're still live. Everything looks good. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's working for me. I just refreshed as well. Mine's fine now. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to to double check because I didn't want to cause any crashing or whatnot. So, um. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's turn that off for now. Um, okay. Anyone else? Uh, just free just on. Actually, I'm just going to hit start here. Sorry, before we get started on this, I just want to make sure we're we're looking okay. Um, it kind of looks like we're okay. Yeah. Yep. Yes. We're still live. Apparently, I have a wig. Yeah, you I'm have a live. wig, and I wear I'm glasses. I'm getting some well. lag, but... Um, some lag? Yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, I mean, once on. in a while it stops and a little loading circle right, pops on up. Okay. Oh, I do see the 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 crash or whatever. Okay. All right. Weird. All right. Uh hopefully that doesn't affect us too bad, but uh we'll go from there. <laughs> Nate looking all smug. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if I have to... I'm not sure if I have to restart the stream or not. According to this, I'm not dropping any frames, and I'm still processing, so... That's weird. Yeah, it's frozen for me again, I'm afraid, so I'm not sure. Maybe a restart is in order. Yep, yep. All right, I'm going to stop. Do-do-do. Test, test. Restarting stream, stream. That's weird. YouTube must be fighting. Oh, I just got caught. <laughs> By God. Uh, worked the first time, but... Man. Did I tell you, I think I did, a couple of weeks ago, I stole a, um, a yellow style motif, imperial style, that was going for about 40,000 gold or something at the time. And I was terrified of getting caught by God. Oh, like, great. It, yeah, like, that's hilarious. I, I was doing everything. I was sneaking, invisibility potions, like properly, genuinely nervous feeling. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty intense. Nice. I think the stream's back up. By the way. Yep, we're good. We're good. We're back up. All right. Not really sure what exactly happened there, but we're back. All right. YouTube decided to screw me, so um, I actually turned the gameplay off in case that was causing some issues from my end, and just put my screens back so um all right <clears throat> where we left off before was the we were getting ready to talk about our elder scrolls online discussion and before we started i gave a little spiel about how um this is not confirmed by zenimax this is just our speculation there's no rumors going about that this will happen but this is just something we wanted to talk about all right with that being said, this week we heard from Microsoft that they're changing their stance on how Xbox connects in with other platforms and that they're going to start allowing cross-platform play. I know a lot of people when the game first announced that consoles were coming out that they were like, well, are you going to allow console players to play with PC players? 
And there was a little bit of back and forth and a little bit of like, is it going to happen? Is it not? But in the end, they decided they were going to split everything into multiple mega servers. The thing that we want to talk about is the idea of, is it a good idea for ZeniMax to merge all of the consoles together and the PCs together into one big mega server to bring the community together? What we think is good, what we think is bad. Do we think it's a good idea? Should they consider it? Is Zoss even capable of doing so? Um, Nate, why don't I yeah. go ahead and get your thoughts first? Well, my, my overriding thought is that it is better to unify a player base than to spread it out. I think the mega server philosophy in general makes for a better MMO experience than having different realms again, in my experience, and I'm not a very long time, you know, I've not been playing MMOs for 20 years or so. I've been mostly offline playing. So I've only played, you know, I, I started my first MMO was Final Fantasy XI. Uh, so anything since then, Lord of the Rings, I played for a little while. So the, my general view is that it would be better to, to have more players. You know, one of the things that I find quite interesting like i'm running around the rift right now on the eu mega server with uh my brother uh caracas leveling up his character and you know i can see there's one person i see a, a templar running around here um but i don't see in this current area any other person it's a little bit lonely and i think you know as time goes on it's probably more likely that we'll see a, a bigger drop off of players and we're going to want to have more people playing together to allow for better PVE experiences and group experiences and PVP and things like that. And it, it kind of, it doesn't make sense to have everybody split across multiple different platforms. So in general, I do think that it's worthwhile having a unified approach. If not now, then at least planned for maybe three years down the line where you know, if you're new to the game and you're picking the game up for 10 pounds, 10 bucks, whatever, and you want to start getting into dungeons and, and having 12-man trials and all this sort of stuff, maybe you're going to struggle a little bit. And maybe it would be great to be able to just have one mega, mega, one ultra server and unify everybody, including the US, including the UK, you know, Europe. Like, there's two mega servers right now it makes sense to unify even those as well. Just have one giant single realm for all platforms, for all territories. Um, and, you know, ping be damned. Uh, speaking of ping be damned, as you say, I, when Esteldian was still on the show, he actually remarked that his ping did not get much better, if at all, when it moved to Frankfurt versus... Um, nope. US. When it was in the nope. US. There was nope. not much change. No, no, no. And I've played on the US mega server here in London. And yes, I have in, I'm in the capital. Yes, I have 200 megabit fiber optic internet and I have a six millisecond ping uh, to the ISP. But even still, the difference between playing on the Frankfurt server and the US server for me right now is so minimal. I could choose either and be just as happy. Right. So, no, I don't think a problem. But, 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 you know, let's get out of our US and Europe-centric mindsets. There are people in Asia, in, uh, well, in Japan, different kettle of fish. Hey, they're screwed either way if they have to connect to here or Europe. It's about the same distance one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's always the issue with unifying if, if you're centralizing. So let's, we, 
my my belief that unification would be great is based upon the fact that that performance would not be inhibited and the overall population of the world would be uh, at least kept at a really useful level. Um, overpopulation is just as bad as underpopulation, depending on what you're trying to do in the game. You, you know, we've all been in those zones when the DLC first drops and it's just like everybody in Tamriel is currently in Rothgar and you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this later because these fights are just too easy. Um, so it's all about balance. And I think that to invest in maybe unifying these now so that in three years' time they can be successfully unified and, and merge player bases, I think as long as it's done well, then it, it sounds utopian. If it can be done well, then it will be done well. But you know what I mean? I, actually, I honestly think it can because I'm going to read through some of these chats before I get to Avi here. Um, because I actually asked the chat room, hey, what do you guys think? And I was expecting a few responses. I'm getting tons of responses. And instead of waiting until the end, I'll try to fill them in here. Arkanir says, I would like that. Uh, I would like this, aka the, the merger, uh, only for Elder Scrolls Online because I'd love to meet the people from console communities. That is, if it doesn't kill my already high ping state due to playing from 7K miles away. That really wouldn't change. You're playing on the US Mega Server with us. It's having more people isn't going to cause any more issues than normal would yeah well it, it would if you look at the problem in cyrodiil it's largely to do with uh area of effect attacks and high populations in very small areas right um, so but i don't i just don't see that happening in pve it's a very different type of play so i, I just don't think that'll be a problem uh, Joshua Graham in chat says, I'm not an IT guy, so I don't know how easy it would be for Zenimax to switch the servers and condense it to one, but it's wonderful for Final Fantasy XIV because they do PC and PS4, PS3 on one server. Like, your players uh, play together. That's great. It, oh, that's great. What a model. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, they that's... do. Uh, well, Final Fantasy has done that since 11. You had PS2 playing with PC players for Final Fantasy 11. Yes, you're right. They did have that. This isn't I new. Yeah, I forgot that. That's very true. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Glaskinir in chat says, I think console players would get murdered in Cyrodiil against PvP players. Now, with that being said, with an influx of players, okay, you would have to bring more campaigns in. I don't know why they couldn't just make special campaigns one saying like you know like they already have special campaigns make more rule sets if you're so worried that you're going to get killed against pc players make a console only cyrodiil that if you're not on console you can't get in <laughs> but you know what there is something a little bit ironic about us saying it'd be great if we just merge the service together and then simply allow console players to just play with each other like, yeah, I, I get that. The object. It, it does, but, you know, like if it were only one mega server, kind of like the non-champion point, or the, the Cyrodiil, this would only really affect for competitive things such as Cyrodiil. I agree. Why not just give them the option going, if you're really worried about getting crushed in PvP, you could go to the... I mean, they did it with um, uh, the, the non-veteran rank campaign, because people were saying, when I'm low level, I get crushed by VR-16s. So they offered a non-vet campaign that you can only play when you're sub-level 50. Yeah. Um, it's an option. Um, Gentlemen, Sour, I play on console and wouldn't mind the console modding, but I would still rather play on PC because of the community. Um, now here in chat, if Zoss does this slowly and carefully, it could be great and make for a lot of fun. 
uh, Joshua Graham, especially with text chat coming to consoles, it's absolutely plausible because everyone could communicate. There's nothing but good things that could come from bringing everyone together. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I just, I love, I love being around, uh, you know, just a random zone and I just see another player just show up. You know, it really, it's great. It's a lovely feeling. It's just what the game is about. It's about community. It's about people. Um, and I think that it can be done effectively, as you say. It's been done many times in the past. Um, and I think with the right options to make sure people don't feel unfairly discriminated against because of either being, you know, if you're low level and you have to play with a controller versus a V16 with a fully macro, you know, DK spec on a gaming keyboard and five monitors and 17 graphics cards, then, <laughs> you know... I'm not just talking about myself. Yes. <laughs> I going to say. Um, you know, I think that could be good. I'd love to hear what people think about that, because I think that could be great. Right. And Xbox as well. You know, let's talk that, you know, let's not lose sight of the fact that the reason that we're talking about this at all is because Microsoft is opening up Xbox Live to, you know, to be more compatible with other networks. And they have talked about, well, I say they it has been talked about in the community and even PlayStation acknowledged this, that, you know, they're open to the idea of, you know, having PlayStation Network be able to play with Xbox Live. So, you know, we're talking about multi-platform, multi-country, multi-device even type playing. And I think that that could be great for the community and the game, the game's longevity for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cat's in my way. Avi, what are your thoughts, sir? Um, don't know what to say that hasn't already been said. You guys make some great thoughts, so I'll pretty much just say that uh, I think this is great for the community. You know, we have all these people on the PlayStation 4 that I talk to all the time that, uh, that are, that, you know, they can't interact with all the great people that we talk about on Tales. They can hardly get their names set on Tales because obviously they can't join our events. So for little things like that, it, ought, it would be it would be amazing to have them be able to play with us. Uh, I think it'd be a really good thing for the community, a really good thing for the game. Uh, yeah, PvP-wise right. PvP is really the only problem, like you said before, with the lag and uh, the competitiveness of uh, playing with a controller against playing with somebody who you know, has a top-end computer, a, a great keyboard and mouse. And, but, yeah, and then I also had the same thing in my notes that you said about the... Uh, if, say, a PlayStation 4 player just doesn't want to play with the PC side, then all we really need to do is have separate campaigns, just like the non-champion point campaign. So, you know, well, if, they, um, if, if they're really against it, then just let them play only console players and, you know. Well, Zakir makes a really good point in chat. What mm -hmm. about pitfalls, compliance issues and delays, i.e., if a patch is okay for Sony, is it delayed if my Xbox patch isn't ready? And I think that's a really good point. Because it is. A, at the moment, we all, we don't have parity. You know, we have the PC and Mac releases that tend to drop first. Um, then the is it the Xbox One that comes before PS4? Xbox One is around? before PS4. Yes. Only by a day, but it's probably because of some deal. Yeah. Um, and so we, we we've already not got parity there. And what we do know is that at least for Zos, it seems ideal to release the patches for US and European mega servers at the same time because. Well, that's just what they do. Right. So that's so that's great. I agree. That would be one of those complications that would have to be worked out, and that's why it's not anything that we're likely going to see anytime soon. Um, but it goes back to the point about 
this is quality of life stuff. This is, you know, it's 20, it's 2020 and it's still a great game with five, six years of DLC and, and just huge amounts of gameplay there. But what if you do want to play with a lot of other people and there aren't a lot of other people on your chosen platform or your, the, the platform you've, you have to choose? Um, it'd be good to pre prepare for that. And I think this is a good way of doing that if these issues like Zakir raises um, can be resolved. Um, I, I want to talk about some social, um, social pitfalls as well. Because obviously there is the, and I've been called out on this several times, and a lot of it's a joke, but it's not really a joke. The PC Master Race thing. Mm. You, I, I'm sorry, console players, and, and this is just purely from hardware side of things. You cannot match the processing power of what a PC can do. It, it's just not there. Now, again, the reason why people do this is because it's cheaper. You, don't, you only have to update once in a while. But... The, looking at it strictly from the numbers side, PC is there. Socially, are we going to start seeing a lot of that elitism come into the game? Now, I, I was saying this earlier to Nate, saying that elitism exists in the game. If there's something to be elite about, there will be elitism. That's just how it works. I mean, even on PC side, I was running around trying to do a veteran um, white gold tower. Hello, cat. She will not leave me. Um, and someone was asking for a group, and I'm like, well, I'll go. And they're like, well, do you have the achievement? And I'm like, well, no, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm, I'm like up to the last boss. And they're like, oh, no, no. If you can't link the achievement, you're not going. Like, that, <clears throat> that type of elitism exists even on our server now without having it. Now, do you guys see that as being a major pitfall or do you think it's, would it increase or do you think it'd pretty much stay the same as it is? I think it's a, a difficult one, but you know, right now you can play Elder Scrolls online on pretty low end PC hardware. You know, I have it installed on a, um, uh, Apple a couple of years ago, Apple, if it wasn't even a couple of years ago, it was last year, Apple released a really thin, very thin fanless MacBook. Um, it's like 12 inch. It's, it's basically an iPad with a keyboard um, in terms of power and size. It doesn't even have a fan. Like it's completely fanless. It doesn't have discrete graphics or anything. But do you know what runs on it? Elder Scrolls Online. Right. I mean, it looks like troll vomit, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. But it runs and it's enough for me to be able to do my writs, uh, check my messages, you know, all that kind of stuff. And using the occasional, um, you know, bit of, bit of small questing, if it's just like a fetch quest or something. Right. So I'm not competitive in PvP, absolutely not. But it's enough to let me play in the way I want to play. So I kind of feel that Elder Scrolls Online typically doesn't punish people for not having super high-end hardware. Um, I'm not saying that is the case in uh, Cyrodiil, because, you know, I don't, you know, I play Cyrodiil on my gaming PC with, you know, maxed out hardware and, you know, I'm not master race in terms of being a snob about it, but I'm master race in terms of, like, everything needs to be ultra max, perfect keyboard, perfect bindings, perfect everything to give me the best advantages. Um, but you don't need that. No. And you definitely don't need it for the vast majority of this game. I, I need to interject here. There's two really great comments from chat. Chat, you guys are rocking today. This is fantastic. Uh, Joshua Graham says, honestly, the consoles community didn't seem to be that elitist when I played there. But like you said, elitists exist. Now I got to scroll up because I lost it. Um, and they will always exist. It's communities like, 
Wings of Fate, Tales of Tamriel that you that you join to play without it. That that's true. The community you join can get around a lot of this elitism. You see elitism everywhere. Uh, yeah. Glassnear and chat had another awesome thing. What kind of players will we get from console? I know a lot of children that play solely on console. Do you think they'll turn ESO into Baron's chat? Or is there an older demographic now prevalent? You know what's really funny? Is I talked with... Um, she's She actually was playing on console and then got the PC edition to play with us. And you know what she actually remarked on? Oh my goodness, Zone Chat is terrible on PC. I don't have to deal with a bunch of people talking about their genitals in Zone Chat on console, but I do on PC. Maybe in the US mega server, but I very rarely see that. It's it's US mega server, yeah. But it, it, it's just kind of funny that he would mention that. But from what I'm hearing is they're not really experiencing that in, in console. Maybe a little bit in some areas. It all depends on what the player you have. Um, and, and the environment you're going into. Um, I, I don't think it's necessarily um, kids play on console versus adults play on PC. I get the idea of how that came around because generally adults have more money. They can afford the PC. That's where that, that stereotype comes from. Um, and kids don't, and so they buy the console and it goes from there. But that's not really true anymore. Um so it's really just the the people who are who you're being around, and like I said, the American mega server maybe is worse because, well, because we're a bunch of dirty hornballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, but I think it can work. You know, it's 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 a great idea. And Joshua Graham says seems to be an older and more mature community with ESO. As a vast major majority, I agree with that. Now there are always a few dickwads that you'll find in everything but in reality eso as a community has been a lot more mature with 99 percent of the people than almost any other game of community i've been a part of that's part of it's part of the it's part of the elder scrolls community you know especially on consoles it's most people that are playing on consoles that i've talked to come from the elder scrolls community and if you're part of the old elder scrolls forums and you know, the old Skyrim community, you know that it is a lot of older people who have been playing this series since Daggerfall and Morrowind and uh, just don't have time, don't have a nice PC to play the game on and a console is more convenient. And yeah, and just like just like me, you know, I find the console more convenient for, you know, for myself. But uh, two more questions from chat. Uh, Glassnir, will we see looking for more white gold tower, no noob sticks? We already see that on just PC side. <laughs> the consoles aren't even needed um that will happen there are elitist in there like i said i told a story earlier how i wanted to get into a white gold tower and they wouldn't invite me unless i could link the achievement that i've completed it that that exists no matter what but this is a good question for avi because you play on console do you see a disparity in game mechanics from console and pc game pads versus keyboards etc do you see where certain mechanics would be harder for consoles Absolutely. versus PC? The con console is frustrating when it comes to the controller. Just from dodge rolling to setting up your bars to the overall uh, the overall AI, everything about it is just completely frustrating. I that was my main problem with it. You know, you have to hit two buttons. I believe they're can't think of them off the top of my head. I think it's like R two and circle at the exact same time to do a dodge roll, as well as uh, move your left analog stick to the direction that you want to dodge roll. So if you're in a big old battle and all of a sudden you have to hit three buttons just to do a minor dodge roll, I find myself dying a lot just by world bosses that I can kill in 
I can easily solo on PC be just because of that. Right. So, uh, it's so not it just console though. Controller is very frustrating. I, I I'll tell you now. I sometimes play with a controller on my PC. Yeah. When I'm doing when I'm doing PVE because I can I can lean back, I can relax. Um, you know, I am a high powered you know V16 sometimes doing quests that are lower level, so it's a bit of a bit of a cakewalk, but it's quite nice. I quite like it. And I mean, I do. Do I actually take the double tap of dodge roll off? So when I I hotkey it to a button, but you're right about the. But I dodge roll based on the directional key I'm hitting. So if I'm holding D, um, and I hit my dodge roll, I'll kind of roll to the left. I kind of do exactly. that already, like the same thing you were describing. But I'm just doing it on a, on a keyboard and mouse. I I really feel it depends on the these what you're comfortable with. Some people will tell me that because they're so used yeah. to console, it's 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 muscle memory for them. It's muscle well, memory well, for well, me. Obviously, I mean, it's really a lot of people find it really frustrating to use a keyboard and mouse. They can't even fathom the idea of playing video games using a keyboard and a mouse. Right. And then there's people like me who, you know, just find it ten times more comfortable and think that holding a controller in your hand is very awkward, especially for a game like this that has so many different mechanics that you can use. Um. I actually, and I, I'll mention this, other than the, the allowing multiple keybinds, I don't think there's a real, I don't think there's a real big disparity because this game does not allow you to macro things together through a command script to run multiple abilities like other MMOs used to be able to do. Like, you can't do that in this game. And therefore, I don't actually see the disparity of if you're more comfortable with the controller by all means you can do everything that i can do on 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 my keyboard it's just i'm just used to having to you know you can do it i don't see that disparity even when it comes to add-ons the only thing i can actually see as a disparity is one thing that we were talking about with buff timers being able to have an add-on that displays my buff timers so i can actually just see with a visual gui how long my rally lasts that I do find that is a little bit of an advantage because otherwise I'm gonna have to think in my head has 30 seconds gone by versus looking at the little icon. That's true. That's true. The buff time is very useful, but that's something they could build into the game. It's something that cool. add-ons are very good at, but we've seen Zos kind of take inspiration, so to speak, from add-ons and oh, build them in. Combat can, text being just one big example. Can I say I love their combat text, by the way? I've disabled is, mine. Is, I love their combat text. It, it's really nice. Their floating yeah. combat text is fan-freaking-tastic. I actually I really do it love it. I haven't used it yet, because I use uh, FTC, Foundry Talent Tactical Combat. Yeah, um, FTC, FTC gave me and my bad laptop a lot of lag whenever I used it, and I can say that uh, the one yeah. that the one that ESO is built into the game does not does not mess up my lag. Doesn't it's, and it, it's really good. It fits the minimalistic look they wanted, while still get, it looks very nice. I've actually been stripping add-ons off. I'm down to pretty much a lot of selling add-ons in AUI. That's it. Like I use AUI because I do like the numbers on my health bars. Um, as well as the buff tracker. If they implemented numbers onto my health bars and a buff tracker, I would have no add-ons other than like uh, convenience. Sky, Sky Shard, Lore Book, uh, Research Grid. Those are like yeah. the, three, the three that I use. Yeah, all non-combat related stuff, either crafting exactly. or selling on guild stores. That's literally all it is. Um, 
So yeah, um, someone actually did bring in a, an interesting thing here um, that would that would possibly cause the community to kind of be a little bit fractured. Uh, voice chat. Console has it built in. PC does not. We use TeamSpeak, Discord, Ventrilo, Mumble, whatever. Is there a way, or do you see there being a problem with um, groups getting together if they don't implement voice chat into PC natively? That is a great one. That They'll struggle with that. Yeah. Definitely. They'll struggle. Because they wouldn't They wouldn't struggle if, if everyone in, in the PC client used uh, one that was built into the PC client. But the reason, as we all know, that most of these games don't have voice chat is because on PC everyone uses an existing third-party client, like, as you say, Ventrilo or TeamSpeak, um, whereas that's just not the case on console. So somehow joining those up would be great, but I find that harder to believe will happen. I think it'll be really difficult. Very hard. Hmm. Right. Um, and Josh Graham says, he put in, I hate to keep using this as an example. It's actually a great example. Don't feel bad. Final Fantasy fourteen has done the console and PC integration almost perfectly. As on Emma, they've done it amazingly. So they're a great example to use because they're actively using it in both PvP, which I don't like Final Fantasy XIV PvP, but it's there. So PvP, PC, and um, um, uh, console players are PvPing against each other as well as doing very complicated raids together. Like, that's... It, it's not hampering them. Um... But they still have no problem. He says, console and PC players have no problem still getting together for voice through TS, or Vent, Mumble, or Discord. I mean, you can pick up these apps for your phone if you if you absolutely had to, right? So I don't... Mm, it's a little bit... Of, it's an inconvenience, but it's really no more of an inconvenience than having a PC player come on and go, oh, I don't have TeamSpeak. I use Discord or I use Ventrilo. I'll go download it. God, you know, that is such an interesting thought that it could just be as simple as us releasing an Elder Scrolls Online app for phones and tablets, and it does all the stuff that I want it to do, like, you know, law books and crafting away from home and all that stuff, but also provides a unified way of people communicating with each other in-game. That is genius. That is the way they should do it if they do it. That would be fantastic. I would download it in a heartbeat. Oh, it, but particularly, I mean, it just makes sense. It does. It really does. By the egg, that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone have anything else before I... I want to end this off with one email, but I want to see if anyone had any other thing before we continue to drag on. Because I think this is a great conversation. Thank you so much, chat room, for um, really stepping up today. I mean, they were active on that. Um, but I'm going to read this. And this is a, a reason to come out to one of our events, uh, drinking and fishing with Ag, because I get drunk, and then I let things slip about what we're going to talk about on the next Tales. Um, so the Dark Wiz actually sent me an email, because while we were drinking and fishing on Wednesday, I let slip this is what our discussion topic was going to be about. So he wrote up a very nice email and sent to me to give us his thoughts, and this is fantastic. So I'm going to read this in its entirety it is long, and we've talked about a bunch of stuff, but this is his thoughts, and I want to end it off with this. 
Hey guys, towards the end of last week's drinking and fishing event, which now has me hooked on ESO fishing, by the way, pun intended, haha, Agelis mentioned that there might be some discussion on the upcoming podcast regarding Microsoft's decision to allow cross-platform gaming and whether or not it's something we'd like to see in ESO. I'd like to offer my two cents as to why I think this would be wrong for ESO, or at the very least express my personal fears as to the consequences of such a change. I think combining the PC and console mega servers would make some people very happy. Friends would be able to play together regardless of their choice in hardware, and in a perfect world, that'd be awesome. After all, MMOs are about bringing people together. Absolutely, I agree with that. Inevitably, inevitably though, it would also make people very angry. Modern outrage culture and people's shared allergy to change aside, I would assume that the majority of PC players would be generally opposed to the idea if only because because they are PC players. I'm going to continue reading, but I must say, thank you so much for this email. I've enjoyed this thoroughly. Like, this is an incredibly well-worded and well-thought-out email. Like, this is fantastic. This is probably one of the most elegant emails I've ever received. So just, so, you know, congrats. I cannot speak for everyone, but I would imagine that many of us, in particular, drew us to PC gaming, or perhaps all the more damning, something pushed us away from consoles. For me, it was when I maxed out blacksmithing in Skyrim for the first time after grinding it all weekend just to have my Xbox immediately die before I even got to make my gear. But I digress. My point is that, for better or worse, there seems to be an existing fundamental separation between the PC, especially the serious MMO crowd, and console communities. This is only intensified by the phenomenon of PC gaming as a cause, i.e. PC master race, rather than merely a preference, which I will get back to in a minute. At the end of the day, I suspect it would be unlikely for PC and console players to form a homogenous community, but rather that console players would be shunned by PC players or vice versa. One thing that could help fuel such division between players is the disadvantage or perceived disadvantage of console hardware compared to that of PC, particularly the objectively greater versatility of the keyboard and mouse. Whether or not there is actual disparity in performance won't matter if people believe that there is. I would expect to see things like looking for healer, goal pledge, no console plebs. And I love the fact that you use plebs because that's just like Roman history. Anyway. <laughs> Which only spawn heated arguments making zone chat even more toxic. There could, ev there could be greater probability of players dropping out of pugs due to not being paired with the same type of player that they prefer. I also have to wonder about the uh, practical problems that would be complicated by integration. How would it impact the notorious lag in Cyrodiil, and what systems would they have to implement to compensate? How would it affect guild trader inflation? Finally, I would like to address what I see big picture issue um, with the idea of cross-platform play, and that is further encouragement of lowest common denominator game developing. And I'm glad he brought this up too, because as I said, this email is fantastic. Um, though not something that would impact ESO itself, I worry that cross-platform gaming becomes the norm. Developers will only be pressured to create games based on what consoles can handle instead of pushing the envelope. Mm. And we did talk about this, and Nate, you'll probably agree with this. Right now, the PS4 and Xbox are 
I don't want to say cutting edge, but they're up there. But if you look at the console release cycle, it's eight years between yeah. one to the next. Right now, they're really good. But in five years, when they still got three years to release a new one, there would be considered ancient technology and limited compared to what the PCs of the time can handle. So I can see where he's going with this. Yeah, but I don't think that will affect this game because it's it's too it's too generous to people with low end machines. It it's, really is. It's, it, you know, I mean, you could play this on a con- on a gate on a PC that was made eight years ago. Right. Furthermore, I do not believe Microsoft is doing anything against their will by deciding to play ball. They released Windows 10 with built-in Xbox app, and if Halo 5 is any indication in which they cut split-screen gameplay supposedly to allow entire game engine engine to stay at 60 frames per second, and the uh, game drops resolution periodically to maintain that frame rate, I would go so far as to say, put on my tinfoil hat and say that Microsoft wants us to see Xbox as the equal alternative to PC. I actually agree with that. And this is just a way to help uh, level the playing field. If you can play the same games, they look the same on PC as they do on console, why build a beefy computer? Why not put money and effort? Uh, why put in the money and effort when you can simply just get a console? What's the point of PC game if they're, uh, if they're all the same anyway? I don't just play games on PC. I believe the level of freedom that comes with it. It's supposed to be different from consoles to attract those who want something different. I don't want anyone to uh, come away from this thinking that I hate console players, that I think people who buy consoles are wrong for doing so. But at the same time, I don't want companies who are vested, uh, who have a vested interest in competing against PC gaming for the sake of selling more consoles to impact the direction of PC gaming more than they already do. I want PC gaming to flourish, not to be throttled by big business in the interest of making more money. Maybe I'm way off base here. Maybe cross-platform play would be really awesome. I would certainly not mind being wrong if that was the case, but the risk of being overly skeptical or cynical, my personal conclusion for the time being is that it has potential to be very damaging to ESO and PC gaming as a whole down the road. I don't think it's worth the risk. Sorry for the lengthy email, but hopefully I was able to contribute a point or two to the discussion. Looking forward to drinking and fishing next week. The Dark Wiz. <laughs> Thank you so much for that email. That was a fantastic email. Don't you guys think? That was probably yeah. one of the best very, emails we've ever had. Very gotten. good email. So, fantastic job, Dark Wiz. Thank you for that email. And I'm going to go ahead and end our discussion with that. If you have any thoughts or comments about that, that if you weren't in chat and you want to send us an email, please do so. Contact at DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. I would love to hear other people's opinions. So that would be great. I, I have to say I do have one final thought on this topic, which is that it really bugs me that Wings of Fate is U.S. only, or <laughs> the U.S. mega server only. I feel like we should ha- be able to have a European faction. I think we should just have the European players be playing on the U.S. mega server again and just be done with it. That would also be fun. <laughs> you you guys aren't getting much of a benefit from Ping being over there anyway, so who cares? No, true. Oh, shit. Oh, damn, I just killed a packed soldier. <laughs> Uh-oh, someone's in trouble. Yeah. All right, guys, it's time for our tales, what we have been doing this week. And I'm going to go first because I've been sick most of the week, so I, I haven't done a lot. Um, I did get to quest in Oradon for a little bit, which was really cool. Um, I, 30 Hiles. I, I know. Uh, I know. Oradon is very pretty. It's just all the Altmer running around that make it less so. Um, but I got to play with Thais for a little bit, and that was really cool. Um, we did a one of the 
one of the um, public dungeons in Oridon, as well as cleared off a few zones for Veiled Heritance. Uh, I got to help one of our guild members install a bunch of add-ons for PC, because she's never done it before, so that was fun. Um, gave her a mini-map, so she's excited about that. I'm hoping that Aww. it's all going good for her. And uh, I was leveling my second Templar, trying to get her up, and I got her like two levels. She's like 31 to 33. Um, but that's really been about it, because I've been sick most of this weekend. I was really hoping to play like all weekend, and Friday I just felt terrible and didn't do anything. So, Actually, I think it started Thursday. Thursday I started feeling bad, didn't... I, I remember calling off uh, my Thursday event because I'm like, guys, I'm not feeling good. I'm all congested. I'll come back um, and and uh, I'll be here for Friday for pledge or for Endgame night. Friday came around. Nope. I even went home from work early, even though I already gave my two week notice. So it's like, who cares? But <laughs> I did come home from work early, going, yeah. I'm. I walked in, showed up at eight. Sat down on my desk by 9.30. I'm like, guys, I'm not ready to fall asleep. I'm going home. So I went home. I was hoping to make it in the evening. Didn't happen. Saturday, I still felt bad. But by Saturday evening, I was okay. So, but yep, that's where I'm at. So, apparently Nahir sent you uh, a meme on Twitter, Avi. So, <laughs> more troll love. Avi. Thanks. Avi, what have you yes. been doing? Uh, I've been doing quite a bit. I'm finally back in the Elder Scrolls Online, so I've been playing every single day again, getting ready for when my new computer comes. And uh, mm -hmm. I've been uh, doing a lot of crafting, a lot of organizing with my bank. I got I hit level 50 in blacksmithing, which doesn't sound like too big of an achievement, but it is for me because now I can take my crafter into Hughes Bane and farm farm mats that aren't too low a level for me so the only mats that are still vr14 that i'm getting is wood is the wood i'm still getting the nightshade or whatever it's called so uh that's that's been really fun i took nate's advice on hughes bane and i went farming for maybe an hour and in that hour i got two kudas like three rakudas 150 ancient silks mm -hmm. uh after after refining them uh, a whole bunch of the rubidite because I hit level 50 in blacksmithing, I was able to pick that up. And I'm having my first two pieces of VR16 gear crafted. Uh, Agelos right. is crafting me my chest piece. That's and uh, uh, shout out to Zakir, who gave me a, a craft load of mats, of the wooden mats to make my staff. So, That's great. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad that advice worked for you because it really did seem like such a great thing to have the dlc for if you're a crafter it's 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 amazing and i have a i'm not sure what what mod it is what add-on it is that i'm using but every time i pick up like a piece of wood it shows up on the on my map as there's a piece of wood that spawns at this location so all yeah. i gotta do when all i gotta do when i get on is i mark down all the aspect runes and i run around aspect rune to aspect rune and i pick everything up along the way and by the end of that you know i have couple of Rakudas. I got lucky to have two Kudas and, uh, you know, the Blues as well. And it, it, it worked out really well. And that was only in an hour. So, yeah, I'm going to do that maybe every day from now on until I have all five pieces of my VR16 gear, which is awesome. 
uh, I decided of what what new uh, what new uh, build I'm going with. Uh, thanks to Zakir again and Krabby for talking with me last night about it. I'm gonna do five Trinamac, five Julianos, and uh, keep my shoulder, my Molokina shoulders. So it'll work out until I get Engine Guardian. So I'm pretty excited for that. But uh, out of builds and farming and stuff, what have I done? Uh, we had Pledge Night. I can't remember too much about it. Uh, I was drinking a lot that night, so <laughs> that, that happened. But I do remember we had about three groups active, and everybody was having a really great time. Uh, a lot of people came in, and it was, yeah, it was really fun. I also ran a gold pledge yesterday. It was Zakir and Krabby and Amanda, uh, which was cool because cross-faction now allows us to run with people that I haven't got to run with yet. And uh, we did Banish Cells. And I got my first VR16 Monster Hum, which was awesome. It was the Mob Inferno Heavy Divine. So that's pretty good. That's like it, it, awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a really good drop. I was pretty excited. I already have the shoulders, uh, medium infused. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but I already have the Mob Inferno shoulders. This set doesn't really work for me and what I do, but I'm still excited just to to have my first monster set. So no 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 complaints from me. Um, Next to that, I ran silver the silver pledge last night with Ark and a couple of randoms, and that was a good time. We ran Spindle. Uh, poor uh, poor Ark wasn't able to make it to our trial night. Oh, which that too. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, he wasn't ma able to make it because he got tricked by daylight saving times and showed up an hour showed up an hour late when we were on the second to last boss. But speaking of uh, the maw the maw blockage. That was a very, a very fun trial. Uh, we made it to the last boss, and we wiped once, and we could have, we probably could have kept going, but we had people who just had to leave. They couldn't stick around anymore, so our group fell apart. But uh, that, that raid or that trial is very well done. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it made me excited for trying the other trials. It was a lot different than doing AA. AA felt very confusing to me everything was really pushed together and it felt like you were just going from one thing to the other mob lorkaj felt a lot more like you were on an adventure with your 11 your 11 teammates and uh it, it it was it was awesome it was a really fun time so yeah we we did that and it was really fun um i think that's pretty much all i did i'm sure i did a lot more i can't remember i attempted to use the looking for group tool for the first time and we, I ran Fungal Grotto with three random people, veteran Fungal Grotto, and we cleared that. That worked pretty well. I tried to do it again, and we got put into a veteran White Gold Tower. And we had a VR-13, a VR-14. It was scaled to me at VR-16. So obviously it, it did not go well in any way, shape, or form. We got killed. We wiped on the first boss, and one of the guys pretty much just went, no, this ain't going to work, dude, and dropped but that's all right. So, I I will say I know since you're you were telling me what your plans are, um, making a, a new Templar when your PC comes. The right. nice part, like when I first was going through this, the game felt very organic. You know, you got my I had no crafters, so everything was kind of like yeah, whatever, whatever. But when you're gearing out, like you said, you're getting your bank ready. When you're gearing out, um, 
a second character. Like you could pre-plan the gear. You could have item sets made for them all the way up to max. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And it makes the game feel so much easier. I remember going through on my alts, going, I don't remember the game being this easy. But when I was doing it the first time, I didn't have a max crafter. I didn't. I was just putting on random ragtag pieces of gear as I was leveling. These guys are walking around in full, you know, five of five sets and set bonuses and everything like that and they were just they were just killing so yeah i mean that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a five and five set uh make it level 15 i'll probably uh enchant it up to about purple and with my 350 champion points i probably won't have to change my gear for the whole until you know vr1 because there'll just be no need to i won't hit any challenges wearing vr15 gear will be perfectly fine yeah so so that, that that's my plan it's gonna be fun but yeah like you said i am starting another <laughs> another breton templar it will be my third it'll be my fourth vr templar that i have that's all right it's the only class I, it's the only class i like to play so it just works for me right uh i'm gonna make him my jack of all traits kind of like your jealous character like i said earlier so He's gonna do crafting. He's gonna do everything. He's gonna run out of, he's gonna run out of skill points really fast. So, <laughs> yeah, trust it'll, me. It'll be, yeah, it'll be fun organizing that. Not like all my other characters, because right now I do everything separate. So Estelle has like 15, 20 skill points that are unused. My crafter has like, you know, same thing, 15, 20. So, uh, skill points has never been an issue for me, but I'm sure they will be this time. So there will be a lot of sky shard farming for me. Yep. Just just you wait. Yeah. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be a good time though. I'm excited to start the game over again and uh see it in good graphics. Mm -hmm. In in ultra to high graphics, you know, very nice compared to my graphics right now where I play everything 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 on that graphics bar that you see in game is on low to off. So that's that's how I play this game right now. If you can imagine it looks like Play Doh. <laughs> You're in for such a wonderful experience soon. I am. I, I'm excited. I'm, it's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, been, that's been my gameplay. Next week I'll have my new computer and I'll have some stories for my new adventure. So Very nice. Nate, how about you? Um, I've had a very good week. I have been working through Thieves Guild, loving it. It's really treating me very very well i feel like uh, a very well cared for host in its in its environment um i won't spoil what i've been doing in there because a lot of people won't have done it yet or been able to start doing it yet but safe to say i'm uh, really enjoying it still enjoying it more than i enjoyed rothgar i have to say i find the stories and the characters just to me i just enjoy it a bit more uh, but i've also one of the things that i found is that I had a real discrepancy in the amount of public dungeons that I've actually completed. And I went into my achievement log to look at um, what I've done and haven't done. And I only like, completely completed like all the achievements for about half of the public dungeons across Tamriel. Like I, I've sort of completed them all or I've been in them once or I've got the Sky Shard or I killed, did one of the group events. But there's sort of like three achievements for each dungeon. One is the Vanquisher, one is the Conqueror, one is the group event. Plus there's the Sky Shard and you get a skill point uh, for doing the group challenge in each of these public dungeons. And obviously I've just not done enough of those as I've been going through. So I've done a load of those um, this week. 
Um, I did, what have I done? I did Lion's Den, I did Forgotten Crypts, I did Crowswood, which is the first one that you do in Ebonheart. Usually it's uh, the one that's got the talking birds, which is a lot of fun, all kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Bone Snap, I did Village of the Lost, which is the one in Cold Harbor. I did a bunch of those. So, you know, it was, it was great. It was just a lot of fun doing those public dungeons and, and probably racked up about seven skill points um, over two days just doing those, which was quite handy given um, that uh, I have all my a lot of skill points in, well, pretty much all crafting I'm, I've mastered and have skill points for all of them except research because I've completed research in, in a couple of those lines. So getting some extra skill points for some of the stuff that we're doing in, uh, in Thieves Guild and in Rothgar was, was really handy. On top of that, I did the final cave that I'd been missing for ages in Cyrodiil, so I got the Cyrodiil Cave Dweller achievement, um, which is great. So everything in Cyrodiil, all the sky shards, um, the, you know, everything that you can do, I, I've got the achievements for all those, except for being a Grand Overlord, which I haven't got yet. Uh, and I also, everyone will be pleased to know, finally completed I Like Mike. Oh, I'm still so working on this. I finally nice. found him in Cold Harbor. So I, I got him, I got the achievement, I screenshotted the achievement. Um, I was sort of hoping that some, like his final sentence would be something a little bit more profound, but it wasn't. It was, <laughs> it was just another of his quirky little lines. But it was satisfying to, to find him, and I'm going to miss that difficult-to-spot little guy. Um, difficult difficult to find but so that was that was good i'm now working on getting the uh light bringer where you're lighting the bonfires mm -hmm. people and uh robbing merchants as well as uh a few other public dungeons and some uh some random quests that i hadn't finished in reaper's march so it's been quite quite good a lot of pve this week nice nice <clears throat> and speaking of public dungeons i can tell you i did the exact same thing there's still a bunch on the Ebonheart Pact that I'm not completed all the way because when Thais and I were first going through, we weren't as methodical. All the silver and gold stuff, we found our achievements, we went through it and made sure we had them before we left. Yeah. Not so much in Ebonheart Pact. I went through and I was looking through all of my public dungeon ones. I'm like, oh, complete. Wait, all these Ebonheart Pact ones aren't done because we just we finished the quest and we left. We didn't know there were a hundred bosses at the time. You know, like it was just not something we were actively looking at. So it, it, it's going to be fun to go back and do those. I'm kind of neat. And you're in for some fun, Avi, with the uh, crafting and skill points. I'm always, I'm always out of skill points. I need one I more noticed. skill point in order to finish my build. And I need another 26 skill points if I want to do a, a tank build for my character. So but you still have all this. You still have all the sky shards and uh, a and all the Aldermary Dominion zones. Right? I've literally not done anything. I've finished about thirty five percent of of Oridon. That's okay. And so you have, you, have these of, you have a lot of sky shards coming your way still. So <clears> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get the gold and then run around and grab every single one. Right. You know. Well, we we have all of the questing to do. So you get. I know you get like three or four skill points. Right. Just for finishing the main story in each zone, you know, because you get one at the end. And there's like three or four, depending on the zone. Um, so we have all of gold to do, um, all the sky shards in gold to do, all the sky shards in Craglorn to do, all the sky shards and questing in Rothgar to do, 
and all the stuff in uh, Thieves Guild to do. So I have a couple skill points still out there, not to mention all of the skill points you get from leveling in Cyrodiil, or getting yeah. the rank-ups, so... Um, and there are at least 50 skill points to be had in Cyrodiil from that alone. I've probably got about, I think I'm about level 30 or something in Cyrodiil. Yeah. But man, it takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, just millions and millions and millions of AP to, to get up there. It's taken me, I've played, God knows how much I, Cyrodiil I, I've played a lot, and I'm, yeah, about level 30, something like that. Yeah, I know I need, and well, but I also need to go after the Akaviri set for crafting, so, eh, it is what it is. Interesting fun fact, uh, Josh Graham in, in chat says, apparently 10 years ago today, Oblivion was released. Oh, really? Yeah, so, wow. 10 years ago well, today, apparently. Cheer, cheers to the one of the best games ever made. There you go. Agree. Now, have, you ever found, have you ever found Mike in uh, Oblivion, Nate? I, uh, not knowingly, but I haven't. I, I've been playing through Oblivion, in and out of, of ESO actually, um, and I haven't found him since being, since playing through again. But I'm not too far. I'm just towards the end of the Dark Brotherhood quest line at the moment. Uh, in uh, great quest line, great quest line, love it, love it. I still can't get over just how weird Argonians look in that game. It's I'm just not used to it. It's so bizarre, but. I haven't found Mike yet. Hmm. Yeah, he's he's hilarious in Oblivion. He runs. He like he like he'll talk to you, then he'll just like start sprinting really fast, and you can't catch him. Hmm. And it's just the funniest shit ever. That's great. I'll look out for him again. Yeah. I still gotta say, chat has been so good today. Oh my goodness, I love I love our chat room right now. They're fantastic. Got 15 viewers on an early set su- or Sunday morning. It's fantastic. Dedication. It is dedication. It's great. All right, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and move right on into our reading this week. Nate has prepared something very special for us. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that my cue to start? That is your okay. cue to start. <laughs> right. Here we go then, everybody. This is going to be a treat for your eyes. And basically every body part you have that is capable of tingling, Oh. prepare. <laughs> Um, he says vamping as he is just trying to find what we're doing. Okay, so this is called The Red Curse. Uh, This is a book one in a series of three books. We're going to read all three books today because that's just how much I love reading these books and having people listen. Um, This is from the Hughes Bain Law Library. So you find these throughout the Thieves Guild quest line. Uh, or rather just while you're exploring the area. Volume one, this is written by uh, De Tethor Panten. Sounds like a hair product. As a child, I was sickly and morose, a feeble stripling confined to a bed. The greater world came to me primarily through the windows of my room, high in the relative safety of my family's expansive manor. The vivid flashes of light and colour that entered my room via its large windows served only to heighten the anxiety and fear of the outside world I had carefully cultivated in my bed rest. With the physical world become a place of fear and tension for my weakened frame, I retreated into the solace of the written word and plumbed the deep mysteries of Nern. While I lived many lives and learned many things in this way, one particular legend, that of Red Eagle, the king of the Reachmen, lodged itself most firmly in my mind. 
though I was the scion, scion? I've never known how to pronounce that word, uh, of a family of proud Bretons, I contrived a connection between myself and the king of the reach, Feolan. With this lie embedded in my heart, I turned my studies to, this, to the dark arts, wishing to find a way to fulfill Red Eagle's oath and return him to life. He would, by my machinations, rule the reach, his flaming sword in one hand and I at the other, his trusted and beloved vizier. As I grew, my maladies passed, leaving me weak, but no longer bedridden. And the largesse, 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 something like that, of my family afforded me the ability to discreetly expand my research. My particular or my peculiar eccentricities were accepted due to my rank and the near complete isolation of my youth. Inevitably, my studies led me to the Daedra. Late at night in the darkness, deep within my family's manor, I would conduct ancient rituals in unfamiliar tongues, raising the foul demons and trapping them, plying them with my questions. It's a good way to learn. Often they would ignore my entreaties, promising me great power or wealth. I only, if only I would release them from their magical bonds. Though weak of flesh, my mind was stalwart. I resisted their honeyed words and eventually they would accept that the only path to freedom lay in acquiescence. Again and again, this story played out and in fits and starts, I collected the information I desired, but it was never enough. Slowly their poisoned promises bore fruit and I convinced myself that perhaps I could outsmart these oblivion cursed souls. It was my own hubris that led me to believe I could accept their gifts and yet control the terms. How naive I was then and, and how haunted I am by the truths I now know. The fear of the outside world returned tenfold. I have again taken solace in the solitude of my ancestral manse. Though I search feverishly for an escape, I know that in my heart that fourth era in Skyrim by the Reachmen, and it's an oath that you actually interrupt and you slay Red Eagle and stop it. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, I can take on the the, the next reading if uh, if you guys yeah. wish. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay. Let's get to the Red Curse Volume Two. I shivered and wrapped my cloak tighter around myself, following the pointing, gnarled fingers of the toothless old Reachman, his words croaking out between hearty chuckles at my discomfort. My eyes followed the path into the hills, resting finally on a distant cave entrance, barely visible through the stinging snow, and I steeled myself for the coming trek. Sounds like a Nord going for breakfast. Though my physical and mental reserves were nearly spent, I knew that my ambitions were closer than ever to being fulfilled, and despite the lateness of the day and biting cold, I resolved to reach Red Eagle's tomb on that very night. Though the powers granted to me by my Daedric benefactors are great, intestinal fortitude was not on the list, and when I reached the mouth of the cave, I collapsed, exhausted. As I lay there, even without the vigor to drag myself inside, I began to hear the flittering whispers and distant hums, horns rather, calling me forth to destiny. With this ghostly music in my ears, I crawled into the mouth of the cave, wrapped all that I had around my frame, and dropped into black, dreamless sleep. I awoke to the sound of birds and light, things still as in my youth repugnant to my senses. I treated quickly into the darkness of the cave. I knew that my goal was below in the depths. A warm breath pulsed from the interior of the cave, drawing me inward, the thrumming horns seeming to echo from somewhere deep below. I felt a tightness in my chest as I followed these guides, hoping to soon reach my much maligned ancestor and turn off my iPhone. The traps set to dissuade intruders 
and grave robbers were child's play for my intellect, and ever cautious, I made my way deeper into the crypt. The walls, the cave walls, pressed in, and gradually the rough, rippled rock walls gave way to hewn stone and chiseled murals. My fingers traced the images, caressing Red Eagle's sword, as its cut swathes through a thousand men. The whispering voices and alien horns grew louder, increasing the pressure in my head. My senses lulled, but my mind alert. I knew that soon, after years of research, my ascension was at hand. I turned one last corner and found myself in Red Eagle's tomb. Simple and unadorned, a sarcophagus sat on a dais in the center of the chamber. Lying near it on a pedestal was Red Eagle's bane, his magnificent blade. In a burst, I ran into it and hovered over it. My was breath heavy and quick. Maybe even my breath was heavy and quick. The voices and music silenced, replaced by an all-encompassing, heavy, ragged, expectant breath. My hand hovered above the hilt, my fingers grasping and flexing, fear mingling with excitement. Carefully, I reached down and grasped the blade, lifting it up before me and staring, transfixed by the sight. What came next, my mind almost completely refuses to recall, as memories of such horror must be locked away lest the brain that contains them be driven mad that's part two for you right there you know just speaking of lore here real quick i'm kind of curious like this is in hugh's bane but if it's talking about red eagle i'm wondering why red, red eagle's tombs in skyrim yeah i wonder why it's so wrapped into eso lore you know what i mean i think it's just a book that was found here i mean it's clearly someone talking about heading right. out into the you know, the colds of somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Oh, I just was thinking, I'm like, well, if this is part of the ESO lore, I'm just kind of, or, or well, that could just be because that's where it was found. But, you know, right. like I said, it, it's interesting. Indeed. Indeed. Well, I'm going to move on to the final part. We're going to find the conclusion of this, uh, this adventurer with his, uh, his or her Daedric obsessions leading him into a tomb. Uh, into a cave. Here we go, volume three. Red Eagle's voice, like velvet, pulled me towards the sarcophagus. He urged me to place the blade in the sarcophagus alongside his body. Like my Daedric benefactors, he whispered of power beyond belief and filled my head with images of us ruling together as I had always imagined. The room continued to press inward and I felt cushioned and buoyed along as I lay the blade carefully on the ground and grunted through the effort of removing the lid of Red Eagle's tomb. I gazed down at the skeletal remains. The dank smell of the tomb wafting up my nostrils was intoxicating. Here was the moment I had long dreamt of, and the voice of Red Eagle gently urging me on, which all came crashing down the moment I laid the blade in his grave. My head was immediately racked with blinding pain. I fell to the ground, my vision filled with a pulsing red light. I could hear somewhere in the distance the creaking skeleton of Red Eagle climbing from the grave. I saw visions of burning cities, my own flesh melting from the bone as I was consumed in flames. The voice of Red Eagle cackled, now in the room, and he circled behind. Foolish child, he scratched in his inhuman voice. You are no kin of mine. In a rush, I charged Red Eagle and managed to knock the blade from his hand. Picking it up, I charged the room, his menacing laughter turning to roars of anger. Somewhere in my rush to escape, more animal than man, I lost the blade, but must have brought it far enough to trigger some sort of mechanism, as I heard stone doors grinding shut behind me and the pursuit of Red Eagle was cut off. And that is why I now live in fear, locked away in my study, hoping to find some way to destroy the horror I have unleashed on the world. 
though trapped at any time, another man, foolish as myself, may set him free. And I pity the world when that time comes. I fear for us all. The end. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. And you know what? Clearly, this is something you can find in Hughes Bay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly. You know, I'm wondering, like... Let me find it on the map. Well, it's, it's, in, it's interesting because it's almost kind of like what the Dragonborn goes through, but a failed attempt, mm. you, you know, to an extent. My question would be whether or not the person... And I can see why it was added in Hughes Bay. Because think about it. It was a thief going after the sword. Maybe he, after releasing, he ended his days in Hughes Bane, and that's his, like, memoir. I wonder if it might be in um, Baraha's Gloom, which is a delve sort of north in Hughes Bane. I wonder. There's something about necromancy in that place, which may be similar to this. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, I actually kind of... It's kind of kind of uh poking at me to to investigate further like why is this here like what is the connection between these two zones Mm. Um, i do not know but we'll find out if anybody wants to find out and let us know um ike has an email address podcast at tells the or is it dungeon crawler network contact the dungeon crawler but there's a forward so either one works so there you go yeah let us know let us know all right all right all right um we have one final thing to touch on for today and that is our mailbag so avi's gonna be taking that i am okay one second let me find it there it is so this is by gerard daro sounds like he's a khajiit and he has a question so this video went live yesterday and it's been making the rounds on the official forums and elsewhere there's a link I was just curious what your views were on what he said. Do you feel Zenimax Online Studios is really that bad and deserving of that much hate and bashing? I really love ESO, but all the anger on the forums and even in-game chat is starting to worry me. I played WoW for 10 years, and there was this kind of hate and complaining the whole time about Blizzard, and the game still lasted 10 years. But back then, there wasn't a lot of other MMOs to choose from, and even now, it's still the top dog. But I'm curious if you think this video has, has it right, if you agree with what he says, and if not, why. I also wanted to say I'm super stoked for lore, the lore book readings that will be coming back to Tales Podcast. I've missed them greatly. Well, you just, you just had one, so there you go. I also... I was also wondering if you would ever think of talking a bit about RP aspects now and then. Maybe do a spotlight on certain roleplay guilds or, or figures in the roleplay community, etc. Not every episode, but every now and then. Anyways, love the podcast. Listen to it on my way to and from work every day until I caught up with the current episode. I'm looking forward to every week. Thanks. Gerard Darrow. Well, thank you, Gerard Durow. And uh, speaking of, Nate, wasn't there a podcast mm. you were on a long time ago? Like, mm. Yes, ESO RP with Night's Night. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I don't RP a lot. I, I tend to uh, I, I, I tended to do a lot more when I was mostly PvEing, um, and I do a lot more PvP at the moment. But yeah, I mean, we can we could talk about RP definitely. Yeah. It's it's there's a very active RP community in, in the game. 
Um, and um, if it's something that people want to hear more about, then we can certainly bring more of that in. I'm sure Ag wouldn't complain since nope. there's a lot of a lot of lore involved in in RP. And this is one of the best games with lore. I mean, I go nuts for lore, so. Yeah. And while I don't sit down, <clears throat> and I, I say this, I'm more of an immersion player to the point where I don't sit down in like a tavern and just talk for hours. But when I'm in the game, that's me living in Tamriel. Not, you know, I still think, you know, the number crunch from time to time. But when I'm doing stuff for quests and stuff, I've actively sat down with these. When we, when we get a quest that offers a choice, we're sitting there going, what do we actually pick? We're, you know, if we didn't care, we'd just pick whatever. But we're like, well, what do we actively want to do? We search out the consequences. Mm. Heck, I sit around every time I get to a new village and I talk to every single person in the village just to see what they say, even if they don't have a quest marker. So I'm, I'm all for the RP kind of side for this. So I'm cool with that. We have talked about, I mean, again, I think this came up on episode 100 when we were talking to Rich, which was the idea of, once we have housing, it would be great if we were able to do the podcast in character in a house. Mm -hmm. Like, have a Dungeon Crawler Network, Tales of Tamriel house, and that's and people can come and sit with us, which would kind of be like RP podcasting, which doesn't really get done, if at all, which could be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. I like it. I think we should do it. Yeah. Avi, let, let's talk a little bit about his first major point, which was this video by... Uh, Fang Rush, by, I think. Yes, so pretty much Fang Rush released a video. A, a very, a very. I thought it was a very good video. He gets a little, he gets very negative about Zenimax Online Studios and the Elder Scrolls Online. But uh, I wanted to touch on just a few things that he says because it's hard. It's hard not to. Uh, it's hard to disagree with him to an extent. Uh, he has a lot of great points. One that he makes is that Zenimax doesn't seem to care too much about their long-term player base and is aiming more just to sell boxes and get new players in the game. Now, you got to remember, he is a seems to be a strict PvP player, not like us here who are PvE, so get a lot out of uh, a DLC like the Thieves Guild or like Rothgar, which is all story and new loot you know a new trial he he hits on how there's no how pvp hasn't changed and how it's not improving uh how the only the only dlc pvp ever has seems to pretty much have died and to an extent i agree with him not that it has died but really that uh the the white the imperial city has turned more into a pve area you know, most people like myself, when I go into uh, Imperial City, I don't go in for the PvP aspect, but you get a little bit of it from time to time with small PvP encounters. And at times, Imperial City does feel like a graveyard. You know, you, 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 feel, you feel alone. You feel like you and your group have wandered into a PvE zone with a little bit of danger inside, not like when it first released. Uh, he talks about, you know, he, talk, he pretty much talks about how there's a lot of class changes that need to be dealt with how they want uh what was it the uh oh i'm drawing a blank but it pretty much he just he just goes from the pvp perspective and right. he has a lot of negative things to say about how you know thieves guild and all these things that they're doing and the way that the game is going isn't the kind of isn't making it the kind of game that people will look back on 10 years from now and say 
you know, this is the MMO that I've, I have stuck with because we have so many new people coming in and all the old people leaving patch by patch. I don't know about you, but I've been here longer than Fangrush has. I can tell you that with absolute certainty, I've been here longer than Fangrush has nonstop. Yeah. I think I think he means more of the the hardcore. He's talking PvP, the PVP the hardcore people. Hardcore PVP guilds and also you know the hardcore raid guilds that have moved on. He mentioned you know a lot of people move on to the new uh, MMOs that have been coming out. You know Black Desert Online and and they'll be back in a month. You know and people people tend to come back to this game just to dabble in whatever new comes until right. it's finished until they're over it and or until they beat it. And there's not much reason to stay in this game as a PvP player. He goes on to he goes on to you know be pretty negative about just saying Cinemax Online Studios doesn't care about the PvPers. Blah blah blah. If, if you're a PvPer, you know don't expect to get your voice heard. All these things that you know I don't personally agree with. But then again, I've never I'm not part of the PvP community, so I can't speak for them. You know, there's yeah. a lot of negative things that be talk, been talked about about the PvP community and. It's hard for me to say stuff. I know Nate, you play a little bit of PvP, so I play a lot of PvP actually. Yeah. I have to say, I'm yeah. I'm at the moment. I I would say I play more PvP than PvE, um, in general. So yeah, I'm I'm very passionate about that. But I agree. I mean, it's it's difficult because I think that um, a lot of people are drawn to Elder Scrolls for for single player stuff because of the legacy with Skyrim, Oblivion, and and obviously for people who who played before that. Um, there's a big pull for single player too. So it's it's definitely difficult, but I think really at this point, what they need are, are just new mechanics for, for pure PvP. Because even when they released Imperial City, there was still a big PvE element to it. Um, and as fun and as interesting as that was, that's not what PvPers are after. And right now we basically need, you know, new types of things to do without having to worry about story and lore. And I say that as someone who has, probably everyone listening to this show knows, I adore lore and play Elder Scrolls for lore. But when I'm doing PvP, I have music on and I have beer and, you know, I'm just, I'm there with 20 odd people in my guild um, destroying Smurfs and bananas. So, <laughs> nice. you know, that's what we do. Definitely, definitely. So I want more things to do with that. Definitely. Okay. Um, I do want to pull out a couple things from chat. Arkneer says, in regards to this, <clears throat> is Zoss the best studio out there technical-wise? No. Um, but they care, and they try. This is what makes ESO a great, worthwhile game. Um, a game, uh, Glassner says, a game lives off its community. This is why ESO will be a very long-running game, and I do agree which, with that. Which, which, is, which is absolutely true. I mean, I'll, I'll say right now, just from the... My, my personal self, if this game, if I didn't have the community that I'm with right now, the Dungeon Crawler Network community and everybody I play with, and if this game wasn't based around an Elder Scrolls title, I, I probably wouldn't be playing this game. You no, know? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And, yeah, and, and speaking on the PvP side, Ark has this right. He's like, it is right about PvP. PvP is a little idle at the moment. But he made a good point here in that PvPers, Zoss is having issues figuring out the lag in Cyrodiil, right? So what, what, what would happen if they released something in PvP? All people would complain about is like, why can't you fix the lag first? You know, like, I really feel like they need to get their their ducks in a row with lag. They need to figure Cyrodiil out before they can improve the actual PvP gameplay. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. The problem is, they, they, it's actually the other way around. They know what the problem is with the lag in, in Cyrodiil. The, the issue is fixing it. And the reason it's so difficult to fix 
is because they have to test it on live servers. Mm -hmm. So they have to make small yes. incremental changes, monitor that, and improve in steps. It's it's not something you can do on the PTS where you yeah. can just say, hey, more of Lorcars, you know what, we're gonna just make it easier so you guys can get to the end and find bugs. Like you can't do that. Like you can you can only do it by having everybody cause the same mass problems in the PTS and Cyrodiil and it's really difficult to replicate that so um, it is improving like it's it getting is. better like my I was running with my guild a couple of nights ago we for two or three hours and one of the things that we remarked on is that the ping had got down to about a hundred which in Cyrodiil for anyone who plays in large groups having a ping of a hundred when you're running with 24 people is just unheard of like it's more like five six seven hundred um you know it's difficult so that i think they're making improvements they are uh, and it's getting there but it's there's work to go <clears throat> and as some other people are saying in chat they're really killing it with the pve stuff which is true and honestly yeah. i love zoss because they have some pretty open devs and talk to the community a lot and that's really does have that open feeling and I know one of the things they mentioned is how the developers will... Yeah, they're saying some rather mean things about the developers. And I'll tell you, I've spoken with the developers. I know Nate has spoken with the developers. Avi, you've spoken to Rich. and But we've actually sat down with the developers on a one-on-one -on -one basis, not being recorded, not an interview, uh -huh. chatting with them about concerns. And they were very candid with us, and they took our ideas. And if you are, if you approach it with a with a you know a level head and provide constructive they'll work because you guys all know me i'm very much against this buy to play mmos period i'd rather us just be pure subscription again i really would um but with that in mind i have to approach it with that's not the market that it'll it'll work on and i've outright told them saying i wish this was just subscription and that your cash shop sucks and whatever uh, because of how I feel about the game and I've sat down and talked with their community team, their developers and they've asked like what would make things better for you what would make you not hate it as much and they've actually implemented such things after like the glass debacle um, they've added that new motifs aren't added to the crown store till after the next patch so if they're released in thieves guild we're not going to see them in the crown store until dark brotherhood that's three months that's adequate amount of time to farm it they've they're not going back and doing glass stuff with it being super grindy that forces you like this the way they have the motifs now is not overly hard to farm like they've taken our our feedback and they are they do work hard on this so i think a lot of the stuff he said was uncalled for He's angry because of PvP, but you can't improve upon PvP until you fix the underlying causes that are causing it to not be fun in the first place. Once you have and, that and, stable, you can play it and add more. And another, another thing is that you have to have constructive concerns. You can't you can't jump into Cinemax and you know swear at them and uh, pretty much insult them to their face and expect that they're gonna they're gonna treat you like part of their community. You know, that, that's not how community works, and that's why we get hurt sometimes, like the glass motif, when we got loud about it. We were very constructive about it. You know, we talked to Zenimax directly about it. Same thing with Elder Scrolls off the record. And that's why, for now on, you don't see the motifs getting added to the crown store until 
much the later. Patches and the next patches release. It's the same thing for the PvP players. Your voice will get heard, and Zoss will take everything into consideration. But if you go if you go loud loud mouthing them and get very obstructive with them and negative, then they they have no reason to to to, to talk to you to talk to you to invite them to you know the meetings or anything of those sorts. And so. some people in chat actually made some really great stuff because um, they just mentioned what about our episode 100 when we had Rich Lambert on here the devs said they're doing they have stuff in store for IC that'll change capturable areas and and right. you know and and Joshua Graham made a good point about the Twitch community he's like if all you're gonna do is sit in the Twitch chat and scream shouting PvP arenas and you guys suck no ETA like you just you're not being constructive you're just being a d-bag of course yeah. no one's gonna listen to you and yeah. it, I hate seeing that in the chat. It really it, pisses me off. Me too. It it makes it so hard to watch ESO live. And to be honest, not against the PvP communities, but just to get, I almost wish they'd just say no. We're canceling arenas and stuff like that, just so these people will leave the game. Because I don't want them in the community. They're terrible. I do because then I get to kill them over and over again, and it's really satisfying. Oh, that's true. And so. it's like, and it's like, and it's like they can't. Uh, Zenimax can't. Uh, feed the one percenters of PvP, the people who have 500 champion points and are playing top in builds and know everything they're doing, compared to the people who only have 100 champion points and aren't too aware of what they're doing by doing things he mentions like removing AOE caps and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's just, it's just it's unfair to everybody that's playing the game, and they can't just feed the one percenters and make them right. living gods in the game. And even, this is the thing, but you know, it's this is the weird thing is that sometimes there's a, this discrepancy that you know all uh, kind of top end players, in a sense of having 500 champion points and all this sort of thing, um, are are against you know having lower end players and all this sort of stuff. Like I'm one of those. I'm one of those players. You know, I I have 500 champion points and maxed out everything, and it's. You know, it's it's good. You need the lower level players in there, and it's I find it really fun just helping lower level players go through dungeons, mm -hmm. like because they really appreciate it, and it's fun, and it's it's a different way to play the game. Sort of helping low level characters go through really hard areas. Um, you know, I'm doing it with my brother right now to to get him into um, uh, veteran level, and uh, it's great fun. It's it's great fun. You have to play in a different way. Sometimes it's it's knowing when not to hit people because you're going to one hit kill everything, and you don't want to make it boring for them, and you don't want them to lose out on your XP. So it brings a different type of play to the game. Right. Exactly. I agree. I'm going to wrap up this conversation one more time with just these last couple comments in chat because chat, you guys are amazing today. But one thing that from my notice, like they said about the hardcore, like even PvP or PVE. Look at Mall of Lorcaj compared to the previous trials for PvE. They've stepped up their game. They're learning what they're doing, and it's really good. So if you haven't seen it, they've really stepped up their game compared to their previous raids. Last few um, comments in chat. Arkaneer, people's logic. Let's expect Zoss to solve problems that are impossible to solve with internal test team, but also avoid joining PTS to help figure it out. Mm. KDR Mickey pretty much sums this up perfectly. Constructive, well-thought complaint are thought-out complaints that lay out the problems, offer solutions. Don't be a giant D-bag and Zoss will listen to you. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. They like criticism. They read the forums religiously and yeah. you can tell that they pay attention to what's in there. But if you go in there acting like a giant dick, to be perfectly blunt about it, 
then it's no surprise that they're going to be put off wanting to listen to anything else you say in future. It's the whole boy who cried wolf yep. scenario. And yeah. uh, finally, Glass Glass in chat says that's why they sent reps to our community. They get mature, constructive feedback, aka hundredth episode, aka um, Elder Scrolls off the record, aka uh, Hero of None. I gotta give a shout out to Hero of None has been doing a lot of posts on the official forums in a constructive, well-thought-out method of posting complaints, taking what these asshole PvP players, who I'm going to say it, like these guys like Fang Rush. Um, Sorry, man, but your video was just, you're being a dick. Um, And and took his thoughts, because he did have well-thought-out points, but he's not in a constructive way. And Hero of None took all that information and put it in a very constructive well thought out post and posted on the forum. So congrats, you know, hear of none. Congrats, little golf platform. And, and, and the and the, la- the last thing I want to say is that uh, the, the difference between the things that you hear from like certain PVP players and people like us is that when we when we do discuss certain things like the glass motif and stuff like that, we're speaking for the community. You know, we're speaking for everybody we play with and everybody else who's having these concerns. We're not we're not speaking out loud and talking crazy about things that we want change for ourselves because it's better for me and it's better for the way that i play because in the long run that doesn't matter if it doesn't fit the hundreds of thousands of other people or whatever our numbers are that are playing this game so you know you got you got to speak for you if you're talking pvp you got to speak for all the people who are playing pvp you can't just speak for yourself you can't speak for the one percenters and you can't speak for you and just your friends because that's just not how it works and if it did work like that then Zenimax would be doing a very crappy job which is why they're not they're not listening to that kind of they're not th- that kind of talk. Sure. Yeah. All right guys, that was episode 102 of Tales of Tamriel. Um we're going to go ahead and give off our final thoughts and end off the show. So Avi, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, this was a very good episode. I tried to be a little more awake today than I did last <laughs> episode and I think it will get better and better as the weeks go on at 7 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh I really enjoyed talking with you guys. I'm really excited to get my new computer and get my new armor and jump back into ESO every single day and do the pledges with everybody and uh, just have a good time. You could find me in-game, on Twitter, on PlayStation Network, uh, on Steam, anywhere you can find find me. I'm there under Avi Optimal. That's (coughs) A-V-I-O-P-T-I-M-A-L. Tried to mute and didn't work anyway. Nate, how about you, sir? It's been a good fun day. One of the things that I love about talking about what I've done in the week in uh, in the game is that it kind of validates that what I'm doing gets noticed. There's no point having achievements if you don't get to tell anyone about them and for it to mean something to them. So uh, the fact that I had about seven of them to show off today is uh, very exciting for me in my in my in my mind and my body. Uh, I, I hope that that came across. Uh, and then more seriously, uh, let me know any books you want reading. You know, I'm yeah. very open, as I'm sure Ag is and Ag yep. is. You know, let us know what, what, do you want a book series reading? Um, do you want, what do you want? Tell you, us what you want. Speaking of, I've been having a wonderful conversation in Twitter about Chim and Tower Lore. So, mm. Mm, fun stuff there. One day we might have to sit down and talk about that. Cause... Oh, we could talk about Duama stuff all day. Yeah. That's, um, that's I, I go, I can, we can go deep. Yeah. We can go deep. Phrasing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right on. Uh, 
Twitter, Nate ESO, right? Yeah, Nate ESO, please. Uh, that's where I nerd out about Elder Scrolls stuff on Twitter. And mm -hmm. uh, look for Miss Misa, uh, two words, in uh, on the EU mega server or at Langson101. If you want to kind of hang out, do some quests, join me and my brother on Ebonheart Packs, loving him up. Or if you want someone to hold your hand in PvP, um, then I will do that if you're in Ebonheart. If you're not, then I will remove your hands with my, <laughs> my blades. Very and nice. I won't feel bad about it. I wouldn't either. Blood, blood for the pact. Blood for the pact. Yeah. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Agelos, A G G E L O S underscore W O F. Please give me some more followers because right now I'm stuck on 666. So, yeah. Um, you can follow me in game on the North American Mega Server at Agelos, A G G E L O S. So, there we go. You can follow this show at Tales of Tamriel, the network at Dungeon Crawl Net, which is kind of like a repository for all of our podcasts and everything that we do over there on DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com. Follow us, of course, on YouTube at youtube.com slash dungeoncrawlernetwork. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Tales of Tamriel, and we will be back next week, Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, for another episode with 103. Um, we hope you enjoyed, and we look forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode. Contact at dungeoncrawlernet dungeoncrawlernetwork.com is our email. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next week. Have a great Bye. day. A serpent lights the ancient sky of bread of tainted stars. Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals.
Don't.